I invite your attention to chapter or Genesis chapter 39. We'll read verses 19 and 20 to introduce our thoughts to you this morning. We'll continue our series on the story of Joseph. And this is number four in that series. Our text says, And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant do to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. Before we go further and try to study this morning, we'll have a wonderful opportunity, a great privilege, to go to God in a word of prayer. And we ask you to humble yourself in somebody that you see if you feel, you feel fit as we approach God's throne at this time. Let us pray. In our lesson today, we will see that God can work and will work in our lives, even in adverse circumstances. He worked in the life of Joseph, even in prison. We find this story in Genesis chapter 39 and 40. In those chapters, you'll find that Joseph was in prison for something he did not do. But in spite of the injustice that was imposed upon him, the God of heaven was with him throughout the entire ordeal. Then we are introduced to some uh, two political uh, prisoners who had some strange uh, dreams. And they contributed, I believe, to God's providential workings in the life of Joseph. Of course, when we look at, at it from Joseph's perspective, or, stand, or standpoint rather, at that particular time, he probably felt like the bottom had fallen out, under, uh, out of his life. Yet through it all, as I said, God was working. God was working in, in his plan in Joseph's life. So we want to look at, first of all, in chapter, chapter 39, again, the, the text from verses 19 and 20 says the following, And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. In our previous lessons, we learned the back issues that led up to Joseph's imprisonment. He was, of course, hated by his brothers, you know, for, no, for no reason of his own, you know, but they eventually became so enraged by him that they sold him into slavery. And then he, he appears on the slave auction block in Egypt. And there, there was a, a captain of the guard by the name of Potiphar who bought him as a slave. And Joseph was so faithful to Potiphar that Potiphar gave him the run of the entire house and let him be in charge of everything in the house. Potiphar knew nothing of his house except what he was going to eat for dinner that very night. And all went very well until Mrs. Potiphar took a very special liking unto Joseph and she tried to seduce him. Of course, Joseph politely uh, declined at first, but Mrs. Potiphar was de determined that Joseph was going to uh, satisfy her lusts. And so in a final determined, determined action, she proposed him in a moment of unbridled passion. And of course, Joseph did only what he could do under those circumstances to prevent himself from sinning against God. And that was he ran. And he ran. And as he ran away, Mrs. Potiphar, as you remember the story, grabbed hold of his coat and she held on to that coat until the servants could see it. And later on, when Potiphar came home himself, he could see it too. Of course, when Potiphar got home, his wife told him or lied to him about what, what had happened and how Joseph had assaulted her. And again, I'm not so sure if Potiphar was, Potiphar's anger was aimed at her or at Joseph, probably at both of them. Potiphar had the potential, you know, of executing Potiphar. 
on this occasion because Potiphar, you remember, is the king's executioner. And he didn't kill Joseph, though, but rather he put him into jail. Now, the place where Joseph was confined was right next door to Potiphar's house, the Bible tells us. And the word jail simply means encirclement or a roundhouse. And Joseph was contained in Potiphar's roundhouse jail of Pharaoh, where the political prisoners were to be held until he decided their fate. He learned last, we learned last time that the conditions of this prison was not the very best at all. In, in, in Psalms 105, verse 18, it tells us that Joseph, at least for a while, was in shackles and in chains. And I believe that's significant to me to point out that in all of this, there's not a hint of Joseph ever complaining about the matter or about questioning God about what was going on. You know, the Bible is very brutally honest concerning its characters. It tells us the good. It also tells us the bad. But it never says that Joseph was ever filled with bitterness in all of this. Now, I think that's a great testimony of Joseph. You know, would we be as calm as he was under those same, same circumstances? Well, I want you to notice that so far that Joseph has faced two trials. He faced persecution from his brothers. And then later on, he faced enticement from Potiphar's wife. And we will see later on in our story this morning that he's not out of the woods yet. Something even greater is going to come to him. But in spite of it all, it was this, uh, God, God was, was a faithful God unto him. In chapter 39, verse 21, the Bible says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in sight of the, the keeper of the prison. Now, hadn't we seen that before? Sure we have. We saw it when he was taken prisoner and auctioned off as a slave. In verse 2 of chapter 29, the Bible says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And then we saw it in verse 23, where it says, The keeper of the prison looked not into anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made him to prosper. Three times in this one chapter, it tells us that God was with Joseph. Now, in the pit, you remember the Lord was with him. On the auction block, the Lord was with him. And here, in, even in jail, God was with Joseph. Now, I've said this before, and I want to say it again. That unpleasant circumstances in the life of a Christian is not always indicative of that God, that God is not present. Because God is always present in good times and in bad times as well. God has promised us that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus says in Matthew 18, verse 20, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And then He promised that the Spirit will be with us forever. Well, not only was God present with Joseph, but He also extended to him great, a certain kindness. In Genesis chapter 39, verses 21 and 20 through 23, the Bible says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison com committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that, that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Joseph has the run of all the prison, as it were. In other words, all the other prisoners were put under his charge. Because the Bible says, and whatsoever that he did, the Lord made it to prosper. 
Let me tell you something this morning, folks. If you want to, God to bless you, if you want Him to open doors of opportunities for you in your life, then you're going to have to do what Joseph did. Say no to temptations and say yes to God. That was a reason Joseph was blessed. Well, let me ask you then, what kind of work did Joseph do there in the prison? First of all, before I get into that, I would ask you to consider this passage. Proverbs 16 and verse 7, where the wise man said, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. I think that was true in Joseph's life and in his experience. Because of the kind of person he was, the Lord was with him. And even makes his enemies to be at peace with him. Well, again, the question is, what kind of work did Joseph do in prison? Well, in chapter 40 of Genesis, in verse 4, it says, And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season inward. It says that he served them. Now, he's talking about, in particular, about these two political prisoners. But I also think that he also true regards to the other prisoners that were in that prison as well. The marginal note in the New American Standard Version says, he ministered unto, unto them. I want you to notice this morning that Joseph conquered another trial that might be presented to his life. He conquered boredom. Let me ask you, have you ever thought about being confined somewhere without a radio, a television, some kind of printed uh, material being available to you? I mean, day after day, week after week, month after month, well, this was the condition that Joseph found himself in. But Joseph didn't become a victim of boredom. In fact, he looked around and saw other people who had needs, and he went about to fulfill those needs. He showed such concern for the welfare that the chief jailer put him in charge of the whole thing. Now, I think that's a tremendous truth for you and me today. Sometimes I find Christian people, men and women who have become bored in their Christian life. It's no longer exciting to them. It's no longer a challenge to them. But what is the reason for this? Well, I think that the reason for this is because people, some people have begun to serve themselves rather than serving others. You see, there's a great blessing, folks, in serving other people. If people who are happy in their Christian life are those people who have learned that in serving others, they find real satisfaction in their lives. Well, two things happened to Joseph. Number one, he was willing to serve others. He was able to do away with boredom as a result. And then number secondly, he presented himself in such a way that God himself could use him in some very special ways. And I believe that this is the same blessing is available to us today. You know, we read over in Psalms 37 verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Listen, if you want to be happy, if you want to be fulfilled in your life, you delight yourself in the Lord. Well, how do we do that? By serving others. Remember that in that description of the judgment in Matthew 25, in verse 45, Jesus says, Inasmuch as you did unto the one of these, these my brethren, you did it unto me. Sometimes we need to read James chapter 1 and verse 27 to find out about a true religion 
pure religion, undefiled before God and fathers this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If you ever find yourself shackled in the jailhouse, as it were, of boredom in your Christian life, the key to opening up that door, as it were, is in serving others, especially other Christians. Now, if Joseph could find work, find the work of the Lord in the prison house, how about you and me in our Christian circumstances today? Well, in the testing of Joseph, it was far from being over. Circumstances in his life, from a human perspective, was going to turn even worse because we see that in Joseph's story that he was a forgotten prisoner. There came a time in Joseph's in ministering to other prisoners, there were two political prisoners that were introduced into that roundhouse compound. They were officials of Pharaoh. We read over in chapter 40 and verses 1 through 3 the following. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers against, and against the chief of the baker. Verse 3 says, And he put them in the, in, inward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. I want you to know that this, was a very, that this is very significant and that these two men, these two political prisoners that Joseph served was going to be the means by which he was going to be delivered from that prison. It was his service that was going to lead to that. And it seems to me that this happens so often in our lives, that our faithfulness and service is that which brings the real blessings in our lives. Some time ago, I heard a story about a young man who had become a Christian. He was unemployed. He became very concerned about his life. He wouldn't be able to probably provide for his family. Maybe he'd have to file for bankruptcy or lose his home. He prayed about the matter, but nothing seemed to happen. So eventually, he went to the elders of the church where he worshipped, and he asked them for their suggestions, and they replied by saying, well, we don't know of any jobs at the moment, but perhaps it would be good for you at this point in your life to just do the work of the Lord. And that young man said, yes, I'll be willing to do that. And so these elders sent this young man to the house of, a, of an 80-year-old widower who needed his roof repatched before the rainy season hit. Well, this young man went and he worked hard every day. He became very, uh, very close friend to this old man. And when he finished the job, the old man offered to pay him. But this man says, no, I wasn't doing anything anyway. And so he went home. And when he got home, his wife said, there was a call for you and you, you've been asked to call this man back. And so the man did. And as it, and, and as it turns out, it was the son of this 80-year-old man who owned a construction company in that city. He said, my dad was so pleased with your work that I want to hire you as my employee. He said, you be here at 6 o'clock in the morning. He answered his prayer by service, by serving others. And I want to tell you something this morning, folks. Stories like that are not uncommon. You know, Joseph didn't know the first day that he ministered to these two men that they were sent there by God to get him out of prison. 
They were just two men who were in need of his help. And so he was there to serve them. The scripture doesn't tell us what these two men had, had done to be to offended Pharaoh. But Jewish tradition says that they had been accused of trying to poison Pharaoh. And that, and that is very reasonable to assume, I guess, because the chief baker was the one who prepared his food. And the chief butler was the one who would deliver this food to Pharaoh and even taste it before Pharaoh was to eat it. So it's very reasonable, I believe, that this was the reason. By the way, it was Potiphar's job, you know, as the chief security officer to make this investigation into these two men. And that's very interesting to me because we read in Genesis 40, verse 4, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them and they continued a season, a season inward or served them for a while. Now, who was the captain of the guard? Well, of course, it was Potiphar himself. You remember earlier I said that I wasn't so sure that Potiphar believed the story that his wife gave to him about what happened. And I think that this gives a little bit more evidence of that fact. Because here, even here we find that he put him in the prison instead of putting him to death. So Joseph took care of these two prisoners. And as he did, he learned their story and he probably learned how it was to operate in, in, in the court of Pharaoh. And he probably even developed a friendship with these two men. Because the Bible says that they were there for a season or for a while, as we mentioned. Now, this may seem very insignificant to you, but I believe it to be very significant because he learned something about how to behave in the court of Pharaoh when later he himself was going to be released from prison. Of course, at this time, he didn't know any of any of that. Remember, God doesn't always let it be known what's going on in our lives at any particular uh, point. We just don't know what God is working, how God is working in our lives. Many times it is when we get down the road and we look back, you know, that we see, yes, that was God's hand at work in my life. So what should we do? Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Always knowing that God is, has his hand in our lives. Well, in Genesis chapter 40, verses 5 through 13, the Bible says, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which all were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them, and in the morning he looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the inward, in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sad today? Well, the answer comes in verse 8. And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not, do not interpretation belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. Well, what was the dream? Begin verse 9, it says, And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blooms or blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into the Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Now that was the dream. Let's look at this interpretation. Begin in verse 12. And Joseph said unto them, 
This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner which thou was, a, was his butler. What a great message that was to this butler. He was going to be released from prison. Evidently, the investigation was going to show that he was uh, innocent of the charges that were against him. But you know, I think that probably Joseph's mind began to spin a little bit right here. Here he was interpreting this dream of the butler who was going to be returned unto, his, unto the service of Pharaoh. And so he is going to have, if you will, a friend, and, and you might say in Pharaoh's court. Maybe he, maybe, uh, he thinks he's going, to be, he's going to be released as well. Well, finally, the God of heaven is going to come through and he's going to be released from this awful prison. And so, and so Joseph made that, this request of the butler, verses 14 and 15. But think on me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me unto, unto Pharaoh and, have, and, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews and here also have I done nothing that should put me into this dungeon. Can't you just see that, that, that he saw the injustice of it all? Yeah, he said, I was kidnapped. I don't deserve to be in this prison or in this dungeon. I haven't done anything that's worthy of such treatment. Well, this exchange between Joseph and the butler had an audience. And that audience, of course, was the chief baker. The baker had a dream and he wanted an interpretation of his dream as well. When he saw that the interpretation of the butler's dream, he thought that since the butler's dream was good and, and, and optimistic, maybe his would be as well. Look at verses 16 and 17. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream. And behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. Now, the baker is expecting an optimistic interpretation of his dream. You know, his dream is similar to the, to the butler's dream, but, with, but had some differences too. Perhaps when he looked into the eyes of Joseph, maybe he saw some terror there because Joseph gave him this interpretation, verses 18 and 19. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up his, thy head from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the birds shall eat the flesh from off thee. That wasn't so pleasant, was it? After three days later, Pharaoh had a birthday. A great feast has been thrown. All of his servants were invited. And I guess that would be a great time to, to uh, give his verdict to be announced concerning these two men. And so in verses 20 through 22, the Bible says this. And it came to pass the, the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. He lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the, and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler into the butlership again. And he gave the cup of Pharaoh's into, into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker 
as Joseph had interpreted to them. You know, I'm quite sure that Joseph got the word. No doubt he was on cloud nine, as it were. And now I'm going to be released from this prison because I have this friend in Pharaoh's court. Have you ever been at a point in your life where you just knew that God was working in your life? I mean, things are going great and you were anticipating all kinds of good things in your life. God was moving in your life. Probably you have at some point or the other. But I hope you didn't have the experience that Joseph had after this. Because in verse 23, the Bible says, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Can't you just see the disappointment behind this verse of Scripture? I'm sure that Joseph saw those two men ascending uh, those stairs, leaving that prison house. And no doubt he was probably thinking, now I'm going to be released. Now I'm going to be able to go back to my father's house. Now I'm going to be able to enjoy my father's association and my younger brother's association. Why, even the association with those hateful brothers of mine won't be as bad as this, you know. But that was not to happen. I'm sure that he sat there in that cell waiting for the rattle of the keys in that door to unlock that cell. But they didn't come. In fact, it was two years later that he was released from prison. Have you ever been disappointed like that? If you have, maybe you have thought, well, maybe I just need to quit and just give up. You know, some Christians become so disillusioned at times that they give up their faith. They, as it were, flunk the test that God was giving them. Did God really release Joseph from that prison? Oh, yes. But you see, it wasn't according to Joseph's timetable. It was according to God's timetable. And it's going to be like that for you and for me as well. You know, to a degree here, Joseph was putting his trust in man. Joseph hung his hopes with man. And man disappointed him. Man let him down. Have you ever put your hope or your trust in somebody and that person let you down? If you have, what's the temptation? Many times the temptation is so often to, is to quit. But before you do that, folks, let me urge you not to put your trust in man, but put your trust in God. Disappointments are going to come to you in your life, just as they did in Joseph's life. But believe that as you face those disappointments in life, God is there. And He promises us in Romans 8 and verse 28 that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Do you believe that today? Do you believe it was it, when God says, I'm going to do, I'm work all these things out for your eventual good, good, bad, or indifferent? I'm going to work those things out for you in your life. You see, even disappointments can work out for our good. Do you want to have a real feeling of dis, uh, Do you want to have the real feeling of disillusionment? If so, just put yourself in Joseph's shoes. 
as he sits there alone in that prison cell, waiting for that key to rattle in the door. There's nothing more distracting than that. Well, let me give you some advice. It's found in Psalms 118, verses 8 and 9, where the psalmist says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Put your confidence in man and he'll disappoint you every time. But put your confidence in God. He'll never disappoint you. And so I want to leave you with three thoughts in our lesson this after this morning. When you face disillusionments, when you face disappointments that come in your life, I want you to remember, remember these three things. First of all, God's timetable is very different from your timetable. Joseph's timetable was that he wanted to be released right now. He wanted to go home and be with his family. But God's timetable was entirely different. And that's going to be true with you and with me as well. And many times we become so impatient with it, don't we? We become impatient with God. But then secondly, God's plan is so much far-reaching than your plan. What was Joseph's plan in all of this? To be released from prison and to go home and be with his family. Something that was in the present, you see. But you see, God's plan was far-reaching. It reached not only in Joseph's life right now, but in the, in, but in the bringing of the children of Israel into the land of Egypt, where they would, would be preserved as a people. And as a people, they would preserve a bloodline in which Messiah would be born. So God's plan was far more reaching than that of Joseph's. But then third and finally, God will test your faith at times to make you, by making you wait. We don't like to wait, do we? We, we, we? I've heard of people praying to the Lord and give them patience and give it to them right now. Don't wait. We want what we want and we want it right now. But listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 105, verses 17 through 19. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they heard with fetters, and he was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The Lord has a timetable. The Lord has his own plan, his own time. And in his own time, he is going to release Joseph from that prison cell. Today, folks, you and I are going to be tested from time to time. And so we need to wait upon the Lord. God's timetable is very different from ours. God's plan is far more reaching than our plans. And God will test your faith at times by making you wait. Well, I wonder if this assembly this morning, there's someone who, who wants to, the Lord to work in your life. God is ready, God is willing, and God is able to work in your life. But you must come to Him first. You must come to Him believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. You must change your life by resolving to change your, your, the way you do things uh, by repenting of all your wrongs you've done and turn your back on those things that are wrong. You do that in repentance. 
confessing the sweet name of Jesus as God's only Son, God's only begotten Son, saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then be willing to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins in water. That puts you into Christ. That puts you into a position where the Lord can work and will work in your life. Maybe I'm talking to someone this morning who has done that at some point in your life, but maybe you've lost sight of what it's all about. You can come back to the Lord today by repenting of your sins, confessing them. We'll pray with you and we'll pray for you that you be forgiven. And once again, God can start working in your life. But you know the time to do that is now. Not tomorrow, not this afternoon, but now, while you have opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon from the Oyster Bay Church of Christ in Crawfordville, Florida. I hope you've been blessed by its message. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, or if you'd like to hear more preaching by the members of our congregation, visit our website at www.obcoc.org. I'm Hayden, and on behalf of the congregation, we wish you a blessed day.